You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Career Talk, a monthly program featuring information on career and academic planning sponsored by the Rowan University Office of Career Advancement. And now, here's your host, the Assistant Director of the Office of Career Advancement, Ruben Britt. Education is a lifelong process, and it should, should never stop no matter what age you are. But then there are those who are involved in education who work with, with the uh, young students um, during the time when they're developing. Joining us today is Ms. Tracy Agar Thompson from Step Up Academic. Tracy, welcome to Career Talk. Thank you so much, uh, Ruben. Um, I'm glad to be here. I remember my time there and uh, at Rowan, so it's a pleasure being here. Now, you've had the opportunity to, to, to intern, as a matter of fact, in the Office of Career Advancement. Yeah. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about your career path and how you ended up to uh, working at Step Up Academy, uh, uh, academic, excuse me. No, academy is right. It's yeah, yeah. it's just spelled in French. <laughs> okay, okay. So Step Up Academy, um, Step Up Academy is actually my brainchild. I mean, if I can start from my path at Rowan University, I did my master's there in counseling and educational settings, um, with a specialization in higher education. My goal was to, be, to become a career counselor, um, in the university system. And that is where I saw my future, where it was my career path. Things turn out differently. And this is just, I believe, how I'm a spiritual person. So I will say, this is just how the creator works. Um, your talents are used in ways um, that you may not expect, but they are used if you have them. So um, moving from graduate school in um, New Jersey, I moved back home um, to Barbados. And... Barbados, we don't have as many um, universities and opportunities besides the one that I worked at um, previously in terms of giving, getting that opportunity to actually work in career services. I still do work um, a few hours a week with the university. I do. Okay. A, I work as an academic coach. I also work with an American company um, called Upswing, where I do um, academic coaching and uh, helping um, college students from different universities with their research papers. So I'm still involved with students at the university level. But I had the opportunity to work with students at the lower levels. And I consider it a blessing because I just, I was realizing, I was speaking to um, some of my colleagues today, and I was saying, you know, the, the, the opportunity I've had to work at a university level and see some of the needs that university students have or some of the deficits has helped me to help younger students to be able to have those interventions at uh, earlier and younger levels, whether those interventions are social, emotional, developmental, or foundational skills in academics. So going from there, I came back home. Um, I was looking for a full-time um, position. I didn't get one. And this is to all these students who are graduating and you think of this great career that you're going to have or this dream job. And it doesn't happen. It doesn't mean that you need to be hopeless. It means that you can use your skills elsewhere. So that is what I did. Uh, I started, um, I came up to Barbados in um, 2016, the summer, 
And I started um, summer, I did a summer camp and I did online tutoring services at that time. And from doing the summer camp, the camp was an academic camp, but I also had um, performing arts and sports as well. And it was for children, like five to 12 year olds. And I know that I had spent a lot of my life um, doing youth work and community work and working with children and young people. So I knew I could do it. And it was something um, positive to do and uh, with, during the summer period. And hopes that when September started in education, that I would have a job in full-time in education. <laughs> that did not happen. <laughs> I, um, from having the camps, parents were asking me to tutor their children. And I was saying to myself, I like working with children, but not all the time. <laughs> but um, from there, I developed an evening tutoring program. And from the get-go, that program was online because where I was living at the time in Barbados I was in the countryside and it was kind of you would say obscure and remote difficult to get to and difficult to get a place and a facility where you can have physical um, surroundings if I go out to the nearest town those were expenses and overheads that would make cause I would have to charge parents more if I did that so I settled on online because I'd had a year experience um, working with upswing online with college students. And I said, maybe this would work with younger students. Let me try. So I started with seven-year-olds and I had students doing English and mathematics. Um, we would call the foundational subjects. And I would tutor students myself in different groups, different small groups. I still do only small groups up to um, groups of five and focusing on, on problem areas in mathematics and English from age seven straight through to high school. And um, as I taught English, I realized that most students' problem with English was actually reading. Um, that a lot of students had reading deficits and reading comprehension skills and basic phonics and structural skills and stuff like that. So I started contacting my, my friends and colleagues who I knew in um, early childhood education. like, how do you teach them this at ah and eh and all of these sort of things that I took for granted because they couldn't do English if they didn't know how to read properly. So I started doing reading classes and I then started incorporating um, early childhood educators in helping me to teach reading to some of the younger students. So then um, Stephel Academy um, branched off from there, um, from having reading, um, re English reading and math tutoring for, from, it was from seven, then parents started asking me for the younger children, I'm like, I don't know if this will work. And so then I started taking five-year-olds. At the time, I was also working um, part-time uh, with an agency that worked in the public school system um, with students with behavioral problems. And I worked mainly with um, what we call in Barbados the first to third form students, which would be six, American sixth to eighth grade, like middle school students. And these were students with serious behavioral problems. I will tell you that there were times that, there were many times I had to negate and try to stop as much as possible people from getting into fights. And it was it was that sort of level of, you know, that was that volatile. It was trying to calm those emotions and helping students to, to see how to resolve problems in a in a um, successful way. There were students who were were, have, were struggling in all different areas uh, in school. But when um, COVID-19 happened and there was no physical school, then that program was shut down. So I, I still had my evening tutoring program online still happening, but during the day, I was no longer going into the school a few days a week with that program. And I, around, just around that time too, I had um, got married, I got a had a daughter and she had just started preschool and then preschool closed down. So I had to be the one who was going to homeschool her. And parents also began to ask me if, you know, did I know anyone who did homeschooling? So I began to say, well, I was considering it. I let me think about it. 
<laughs> sure enough, I started a homeschool program. So the homeschool started with, I had um, teenager, I had a teenager who was in um, middle school. And then I had to homeschool my daughter. She was one, almost two. And she was developing very quickly. So I, then I had a group of students like her who were um, between the age of two, um, two to four, at first two to five. And they were learning online too. And matter of fact, they were also from different countries as well. Okay. And again, small, small groups, um, learning the foundation, going back to my friend in early childhood and, you know, asking, what do I teach next after this step? And it was a learning process for me too. I can say now that group, I had to actually take them from preschool level and call them kindergartners because those three to six year olds are reading, they're doing addition and subtraction, they're doing kindergarten work. And uh, in addition to the preschoolers and the high schoolers, then I got a group of elementary school students. I'm like, how am I going to put this in my schedule? <laughs> and I found a way. So then I had a group of elementary school students. So then I, I had my husband come along who was good in math and science. He was already assisting with the tutoring with the mathematics in the high school level to help to tutor the um high school level students in science and math so that I can have some more relief to teach the elementary school students. So a given day for me now is that I have classes all day between nine and three, juggling between pre-kindergarten, elementary school, and high school students, um, three different groups. And then I have an afternoon break. And then in the evening, I have um, the tutoring program still where I am, I am, I tutor mostly the upper, um, elementary school students now in the tutoring program um, for, I will say, what you will say, grade four, from grade four up, all through to high school, and reading English, mathematics, and I, as I said, my husband teaches the, the um, what you will say, like the 10th grade and above um, mathematics. So as I have grown, it's no longer me just doing everything. I now have other people who are doing things as well. I was able to also hire an admin assistant and that was a great help um, at the moment because the business is still small, she's part-time. And she's also in a different country. So as some of my tutors are in different countries and because it's online, it, it doesn't matter. And this is how I was operating before shutdown when everybody was forced online because it was more convenient for me and because of how I have lived and traveled before and I already knew people outside of other countries, it was easier to actually bring people together and form a team from people who live in different countries. So, and to have students who live in different countries. We're mainly just the Caribbean, USA and Canada. Those are where my students and my tutors are from. Yeah, how many so that's, so right now, the, the tutoring program is, um, we have about 35 students in the tutoring wow. program. We still have small groups, like no more than five in a group. So there are a number of different classes. And the, um, in the homeschooling program, which I, I, I said I just recently started, we have 10 students in all in those three groups. Okay. Now, um, one, I can tell you this, and you're probably aware of it when you were a student at Rowan, um, a lot of students, particularly in, in the uh, uh, United States, are not big fans of math. How are you able to provide, uh, uh, teach math or provide math uh, and maybe make it interesting for students? Because um, I can tell you that, you know, like I say here in the United States, um, it's not a, a top choice for most students unless they're into this. The, the technology field, like yeah. engineering, computer science, 
and particularly students of, of uh, African-American descent and, and Latino uh, descent, they are not really enthused about uh, taking a math course. Right. I, I understand. And we, we, have, we have exactly the same struggle in the Caribbean. And that is why for, why for me, um, being from the Caribbean, working in the U.S. and going back to the Caribbean, it broadened my experience and my understanding that these issues are across the board from preschool um, through to elementary, middle school, high school, college students. The, the similarities with where the deficits lie and where students struggle are practically the same. The, the, the levels that they're supposed to be at are practically the same. It's the only thing that's slightly different is the way we do testing. In Caribbean, you have to do a lot of writing, whereas mm -hmm. where in America is more short, structured sort of um, testing. But the, the, the same struggles. So my learning there in, um, in the U.S. also helped me when I came back to Barbados and realizing that we're, we're also still having the same struggles. So when it came to math, my thing with math and what happens a lot in school, because most of the math teachers usually are gifted mathematicians who are doing math because they're really good at it, but their students are not. And they tend to, to take math from a numbers, mathematical sort of, you know, way of approaching. So there's no connectivity with real world experience. So in order for, to help the student to understand the math, and I believe in teaching understanding and mastery rather than teaching steps, it is to help the student to understand how this is applied in their everyday life. So even though I teach math, I, I tell them I have camps and I'll say to the student, can you bring me three quarter cups of water? <laughs> and they look at me like, I would say, didn't we do fractions today? Don't you know what is three quarters? <laughs> so it is to relate the mass to everyday life. I will say like five zeros are five, ma'am. Like how can five zeros of be five? If I give you, if I give you no mangoes, every five different people give you no mangoes. How can you have five mangoes? Think about it. So it's those sort of methods that I use to make it practical and everyday. And I say to students constantly, you're not learning math or any subject, you're not learning it for school, you're not doing it for a test, you're learning it for life. You're learning it to be able to apply it in your everyday life. And if you can't apply it in your everyday life, and I say to from elementary students to my college students, if you can't apply what you're learning to everyday life, then you have not learned it and there's no purpose in it. And I try to, the other thing I try to do is to have my students engage, let them talk. I will say there are times that I have some of the noisiest classrooms, even though sometimes I only have five or three children, because I, and yeah, I mean, there were times when I was in the countryside, I had a few students who actually came to my house and they would sit on the porch and we would do the work together. And people all down the street would hear these children. Sometimes I have like four boys and they are loud because they get excited about the work and they want to give you the answers and they're going to shout out. And I encourage it because if you love learning, you're going to and you're enjoying the experience, then your brain is going to be open to learning. I usually say to parents, as adults, we don't like people forcing us to do things. So why do we think that children or young adults would want to be forced to learn something and it would be an enjoyable experience? When you try to force someone to do something, and I'm com coming from a psychology and a counseling background, you are actually causing their mind to close down and them to be resistant. I try to, you know, using my psychology, make students kind of believe that they're the one who's guiding the lesson. What do you, I'm thinking of doing um, either multiplication or division today. Which one do you want to do? <laughs> Man, let, let's do division. Let's do division. 
you know? So they feel as if they are in control of their learning. And then what the next thing I do is I try to give them the next step up challenging work. And okay. when, yeah, when, when they're at this level and they're succeeding at this level, push them a little higher, give them something harder. At first it was struggling, it's so hard, I can't do this. But you see, when they get it done and they understand it, they feel such a sense of achievement that they want to try again. The usual, if you want to call it complaints, parents have for me, to me is like, what have you done to my child? My child was so quiet. They're so outspoken now. And I don't have to tell them to do their work anymore. They just do their work on their home. They just have a good work ethic. And that's why I try to develop the student themselves to become their own learners, their own pushers. When I have new students and they're with the group that were there already, they'll be like, this is so much work. There's so much writing. And the, all the students who were, have been with me long, we said, ah, you don't know, you don't know. You, you gotta learn, <laughs> this is nothing. And by the end of that semester, that same student that was taking the entire hour to do half of the work is now finished ahead of time and ready to go. And I believe in constantly challenging students because as you challenge them and they push ahead, they not only get better, they gain that self-confidence that they have achieved something and they want to do it more, they do it on their own. And then the other so-called uh, feedback I get from parents too is that, the children just take up the books and want to read. They just want to do math on their own. They just want to write. One parent said that was in the um, preschool last year. And she said, I have to show you my wall because it is full of letters <laughs> and writing because my daughter just loved to write. And this was a child who had just started. She was just learning to trace her letters. And now she can write on the line without any tracing or anything like that. She wrote up her parents' wall and everything like that. And she just, the children just develop a love for learning. And that, that is what I want to develop. Because if you have that love for learning, you will begin to teach yourself. And, and that is what we need, lifelong learners. True, so true. Uh, br uh, briefly, can you, um, with your background in career counseling, mm -hmm. is there any type of career guidance that's employed to kind of give the students a vision of what they want to, they may want to aspire to do um, you know, when they uh, graduate from high school or, or if they plan on going to college, are there any seeds that are planted? Yes, you mean from my students, or are you telling me to speak from, to the from your program, Do you have any of that? Yes, yes, yes. I am, I'm still very career oriented. Actually, Step Up Academy means starting today to educate potential for ultimate purpose. And one of the reasons why I wanted to go into career counseling, that's not the actual business name because it'll be too long, but that is what Step Up stands for. Why I wanted like to go into, into, into career counseling was a sense of purpose, to live life with a purpose. Personally, I from I remember being a teenager and said, I want to live my life with purpose. I don't want to have regrets and say, I didn't try this. I didn't try to achieve something. I want to live with purpose. And when I work with people as a counselor, even as a tutor, my aim is always holistic. It is where do you want to be? I have, I, like I have um, students who are dyslexic and who are struggling. Hmm. One, one second. We want to hear more from, from you. I want to hear more on that in just a minute. You're listening to Career Talk. Uh, I'm your host, Ruben Britt. We're joined today by Tracy Agard Thompson uh, from Step Up Academy. And she was, she's was she been telling us a lot about her, her career and the, her program that she started. We're going to hear more from her in just a minute. So stay with us. Welcome back to Career Talk. We're here today with Miss Tracy Agar Thompson, she is from Step Up Academy in Barbados. 
And before the break, you were shedding some light in terms of the career counseling component. You, you may continue. Yes. So for me, career has to do with purpose and being having a background in psychology and counseling is all about helping students to discover their purpose. I was mentioning that um, I have students who are dyslexic and who might be struggling with their reading, but okay. who are very creative or who are very technical. One one guy, he is really good at fixing things. And one girl, she's so creative. She shows me the things she draws, the things she designs. And we, I encourage those things because those things help students to build their confidence and see a purpose in where they're going. But if you're going to be technical, you want to be able to fix my phone, you've got to understand the mathematical components and the scientific things about it. And if you have to know math, you still have to be able to read the instructions. So you need to use it for this. And, you know, I think that you will do, I can see you on the stage, girl. You, you will be so good, but you got to be able to read that contract. You can't allow these people to fool you. So, you know, you got to get your reading up. So it, it is those sort of things that I bring to the table. And then for the older children too, to see what is your career path? These are the subjects that you need to excel in, right? And if you need to excel in these subjects, then you need the foundational skills for these particular, in these particular areas in order to get there. So yes, a lot of what I do is, is still along with purpose, career path, what are you going to do with what you're learning so that learning is not in a vacuum? It is a holistic experience. Yeah, I, I, I like the, you know, the concept of how you, you um, when you were talking about math, how you uh, kind of reference it to everyday life. And, you know, when you're talking about the career component, you know, and I've done this with when I've gone into the schools and, and worked with the younger kids is somebody says they want to be a lawyer. OK. Well, if you want to be a lawyer, one of the skills you have to be able to do, you're going to have to be able to read. You're going to have to be able to, to know math um, if you're going to be a lawyer, because these are essential skills. Um, right. You're also going to have to be able to speak, too, because you're going to have to speak in, in front of a court, in a courtroom and things like that. So um, I really like the, the, the concept of what you're doing there. Now, what what uh, what I should say, what new plans or uh, other goals do you have for your your program say for the near future uh, any new plans or new uh things that you would like to implement in the future yes definitely i always i think i always have more plans than time <laughs> <laughs> but it's best that to have it that way if you got people into my head um one of the things um a colleague of my and I are, we are working on together um, or that we need to be working on together as soon as we are so busy is to create resource material, um, okay. whether it is um, physical workbooks, whether um, it is um, online resources. We actually um, develop an online essay writing course um, for fifth grade level students, students who are about to enter the secondary middle school system. Um, we, we, we created the, the, score, uh, sorry, the, core, the course in Skeleton, we piloted it, but we still have to go back and develop it. So that is something for the near future and other things like that we want to develop. I, I've written before, I've written a children's book, I've written a children's book, but I need to write, I have some more stories in my head that I need to write. And I like to write with a message in mind. So I'm not just telling a story. There is some um, moral, if you want to put it to the story, some social emotional skill I want to develop while telling the story. So, so definitely resource materials is, is one area I want to go. I want okay. to develop this, the, the homeschooling and the children more so that 
I am doing more developmental stuff in terms of training staff and developing material because right now a lot of my time is spent on preparing and planning and actually teaching the classes myself. And eventually where Step Up Academy is going that we would be a full-fledged academy where I would be a school. I'm thinking of hybrid school where we have physical students as well as online students so that we would always maintain that international um, status of having students from different countries and having students being able to relate to each other out of different countries. But I still really believe, I like the homeschooling and the idea, like I like to push the parents, that parents, you're responsible for your children's education. So even if someone else is teaching your child, you should be aware of what is being taught. You should be helping to guide what path you want your, your children to be on. And you should be very much involved in the education process. So, so those are the things that, that you know, right there on the top of my head that I want to do, um, develop our web, website. We had one before and it has to be redeveloped. I actually have a website designer, but she's just waiting on me to give her stuff because I'm so busy um, to actually have that website up there where people can go on and get the information and not just our um, social media um, platforms and also where they can actually connect to courses and do courses um, completely online. And, now, um, you, you, in, in your um, uh, response to the previous question, you talked about that you had written a children's book. Can you shed some light on that? Um, yes, um, that book is written on a level of five-year-olds. It's called yeah. Try, Ari, Try. And it's a story about an aunt who was struggling to, to move a crumb. And the moral of the, the story is for children to have to develop perseverance. I actually introduced the word perseverance as well and explain it um, for younger minds. And um, parents have said to me, it's helped their children sometimes, you know, younger children, when they're trying they're learning to dress themselves and do little things for themselves, they get frustrated and they cry and they don't want to do anymore. And I know I have a young daughter now myself and she loves Ari's story. And Sometimes when she, she gets frustrated, I say to her, remember, you try and try and try again. And she will, she will say the rest until you succeed and she will try. So um, try, Ari, try. Um, they're not there. I, I have to um, reproduce it again. And there are only a few copies left at the moment. It was on Amazon. Um, I have not checked recently to see if there are any copies left either there because it was out for, for a few years well now. But I do have a sequel. It's already in my head. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. not written yet about Ari and some other um, moral development skill. So, but you can Google try Ari try. Um, Ari is I was going to ask about that then. And, and, um, and you will you will you will um find find information about it. Okay. And when when do you uh, see your having your web website I guess updated? Um, and if so, what would what 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 is the uh, web address? Um, stepacademy.com, um, most likely because if Stepa Academy is our registered business name, so is is most likely that we'll be able to get back stepupacademy.com. Um, right now, we are on Facebook as Steffel Academy and on Instagram as Steffel Academy. Um, okay. So our information is published there. I find that I mostly get traffic um, just before the school year begins or the school semester begins and uh, the first few weeks into school semester. So I will uh, confess that I am not 
posting things every day anymore. I, I, I put a lot up in, um, near to the beginning of um, each school semester so parents can know what is being advertised and what's going on and so on. And I do have spring programs and um, summer programs as well, um, both online and well, before COVID, um, there were physical programs to join the spring and summer um, breaks. Uh, briefly, is there anything else you would like to add before we go? Mm. I can't think of anything else besides that, you know, your audience should know that I am a graduate of Rowan University. And even though it might seem my, my counseling in, in educational settings helped me to understand development at the different levels. And that is what's making me successful in education today, working as an educator and as an education administrator. So I have been able to transfer those, those skills to a very closely related um, career um, position. Thank you. Uh, and now the tip of the day, know thyself. When, when going in for an interview, it's important that you, you uh, take some time and prepare for the interview by know, uh, learning about yourself, by assessing yourself in terms of what skills you bring to the table and what you can do to help the particular organization. So know thyself. You've been listening to Career Talk. I'm your host, Ruben Britt. I'd like to thank my guests, Ms. Tracy Agar Thompson from Step Up Academy and Barbados for being on the show. Until next time, stay positive. And remember, success doesn't come to you. You go to it. You've been listening to Career Talk, a monthly program featuring information on career and academic planning, sponsored by the Rowan University Office of Career Advancement. Tune in on the first Saturday of every month at 9 a.m. for another edition of Career Talk, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.